Kentucky basketball dominated Kentucky State in their final exhibition game, and while the Wildcats are without three of their seven-footers, it looks like UK's ready to begin the 2023-24 season. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You can go to prizepickscom slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. That is Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping the Wildcats' 99-53 victory over KSU in their exhibition game. We are just days away from the beginning of the season. New Mexico State on Monday, November 6th. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and some Zvonimir Ivasic stuff here on today's episode. Had some interesting things come out right before the beginning of the game about Big Z, some frustrations maybe uh, that this coaching staff and the fans continue to have over his current situation. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. If you're listening on podcast, I would really appreciate it if you subscribe over there as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. Like I said, 99 to 53 was the final score here. It was going to be 99 to 51, but I believe a Kentucky turnover and a last second dunk from KSU gave them their 53 points. There are so many good things to take away from this. I'm going to try and pace myself here throughout this and just hope I don't get lost in talking about the box score and about how uh, pleased I was with Kentucky's performance. I think the thing we need to start off here with at the top is that Kentucky played the way that they should have played. If you watched the preview episode of this one, you paid attention to the fact that Kentucky State has almost no returning production from a season ago, a team that averaged a lot of points per game and was able to really run it up and down the court, but almost nobody back from that team. In fact, they only had four players that had even recorded a minute uh, from last year's roster that that were returning, and they ended up getting dominated as expected by the Kentucky Wildcats. Good thing for Kentucky to stay strong in their second exhibition instead of maybe having a little bit of a weaker game. They adjusted in a lot of different areas after having a poor performance in their exib- in their first exhibition against Georgetown College in just a variety of areas. But I, I, I think the second thing we need to talk about here is the, the pregame comment from Coach Cal, I believe on the radio show, saying he asked Kentucky State, not to play any sort of zone because Kentucky was going to work through that on Friday, was going to work through that in a practice that he, that he had not gotten around to teaching uh, his uh, his team uh, at length about zone. So uh, interesting note there. Uh, I think that's something you have to factor in here when you look at the final score. Maybe Kentucky State wanted to play a little bit more zone, maybe slow Kentucky down a little bit, maybe make them shoot the ball a little bit more from beyond the arc. Kentucky ended up shooting 40% on the day, so I'm not sure how much they would have been able to slow that down, but uh, Kentucky ended up getting a win where everybody knew going into it. They should have got should have gotten a win. 46-point victory. We'll take it. Absolutely. The second thing I want to get to here, as far as the good for the Kentucky Wildcats, 
we talked about in the exhibition, first exhibition against Georgetown College, and then we talked about in the preview episode of this one about how we wanted to see a little bit more uh, on the offensive end of the floor from DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards, knowing that they can produce at a higher level than they did against Georgetown College. And they went out in this game, and they really did impress. I believe the first six points scored in this game were from Justin Edwards. I talked at length on yesterday's show about how I wanted to see Justin Edwards not just finish a game hot statistically, but to avoid these cold starts that he's had and to go out there and to make some shots early and to get himself comfortable and then to continue that throughout an entire game because we know he's capable of it. And he ended up doing that today. He finished with 17 points on 8 of 12 shooting. He he made his one or made one attempt from beyond the arc. He was one of three there. He had nine total rebounds. Again, he continues to prove that he's one of the better rebounders on this team. Only two fouls. He had an assist, two blocks, and a steal. And he had a plus-minus of plus 40 here in just 27 minutes of action for the Kentucky Wildcats. Very impressive stuff from Justin Edwards, his ability to kind of bounce back here after having a statistically poor performance against Georgetown College, shooting only 3 of 10. If he's going to be shooting somewhere between 8 to 12 shots a game, he's got to be shooting at a higher percentage than what he shot in the first exhibition. He's got to be shooting at a little bit higher of a percentage than he did in the Global Jam. 8 of 12, you can't expect a, a player to shoot as highly or as efficiently, rather, I should say, as that on a given night, but... You have to be pleased with performances like this. Uh, hats off to Edwards for for getting back on the train here and, and, and scoring some buckets and doing it in a way that was impressive. He did not rush his shot selection. He was able to do a lot in transition against this team, just kind of bullied his way to the rim on multiple occasions. A lot of Kentucky's team did that actually throughout the night. So just him executing in the spots that he knew that he could execute in. Now, will this be replicated against more difficult opponents such as Kansas, Miami, North Carolina, I'm not quite sure. We'll have to actually get to those games to actually see it. But the promising returns here after having a cold game are just that. They're promising. The second thing here, obviously, DJ Wagner, like I said, also had a bounce back game. He had 12 points on 5 of 10 shooting. He was 2 of 6 from beyond the arc. He only had one rebound, but he had 7 assists to 0 turnovers. 7 assists, no turnovers. That's what you want out of your starting point guard. And a lot of people in the NBA in NBA circles are talking about how they want to see Justin or excuse me, DJ Wagner do two things. They want to see him develop his outside shot, make that more of a consistent thing, and they also want to see him prove that he is a capable distributor of the basketball. And he absolutely did that tonight and I don't think he's going to be able to average 7 assists per game this season. I just think that now that we know that he's capable of things like this, you can expect Every now and then, for DJ Wagner to have an insane night, I think like this, where he is just seeing the court really well, he's getting the ball to his guys, obviously not every opponent's going to be Kentucky State, but the fact that these guys, Edwards and Wagner, are showing that they are capable of nights like these, where they shoot efficiently, where they distribute, where they rebound, where they do things well on the defensive end, you can come to expect it at different moments this year as they continue to grow and learn as freshmen. So very excited about how they bounce back here in this game. Very pleased with Justin Edwards, especially shooting as well as he did from the floor. The second thing I want to point out here, I think is the, uh, the efficient shooting and the shot selection overall from the Kentucky Wildcats. You ended up seeing in that first exhibition game, I think too many, uh, too many mid range jumpers. We talked about this on the preview episode. 
how Kentucky, I believe, 24% of their shots in the first half against Georgetown College were inside the arc and outside the paint. They were mid-range jumpers. And they ended up shooting like two of nine or something like that. Extremely inefficient. They came out in the second half. I believe only 10% of their shots or somewhere around there were from were from that mid-range area. And they ended up shooting 57% from the floor. So you take less mid-range jumpers. You take less inefficient shots. Your efficiency goes up. And Kentucky in this one did not really have a lot of mid-range shots. And when they did, they knocked them down. I was impressed. Even if you do take those shots and you don't make them, that's okay. Just don't take them as, as at as high of a volume as you have in seasons past. I think this personnel that Kentucky has this year is going to dictate the better shot selection. And who knows? Maybe we see Cal and John Welch change things up here for the coming years, but maybe it's just this year's team. I don't know. Point being, the shot selection is going to be better. The team shot 56% from the floor as a whole. They shot 10 of 25 from beyond the arc. That was good for 40%. uh, Yeah, 41% in the second half, 40% overall. It was a good shooting night. Very impressed with what Kentucky did overall. The pacing was good. They did not turn the ball over hardly at all. In fact, I don't believe until late in the second half, they didn't have a single turnover in this game. They finished with six uh, turnovers total. It, It was a good night. It was a very good night for the offense. Ended up scoring, like I said, 99 points. Um, a lot of that was was earned. It was it was absolutely earned with what they did in transition. I was greatly impressed with what UK did. 38 points on the fast break, by the way. So props to Kentucky for getting this one done. Props to their two individuals, uh, Justin Edwards and DJ Wagner, showing out in this one. I want to dive further into some of the other things that we saw in this game because there's one player in, in particular we need to start gassing up a little bit, and I hope we don't do it too much before the beginning of the season. That's going to be playing in the front court. I want to dive into that in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. It's the easiest way and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers over at Prize Picks. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you can pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch the winnings roll in. It's really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. There's also quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. They also have weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. You can go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. That is PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you have not subscribed to the show already, please go ahead and do so if you're listening on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you subscribe there as well. And if you're listening on one listening on one feed and you're not on the other, go subscribe to the other. It doesn't hurt you at all, and I would love for you to join us there. And sometimes, who knows, maybe you are driving to work and you like to listen to YouTube, but you're driving and you would like to maybe take a listen on the podcast or maybe vice versa. There was one comment recently that said that they didn't always agree with my take, but they have subscribed on both feeds and they appreciate uh, the con- consistent content. And I really appreciate you guys, people like that, listening either on one or the other. Thank you so much to the people that have joined recently, and thank you so much to the people who have been around for quite some time. You know who you are in the comments. All right, so let's continue along here with the good. 
There's not a lot to get to here on the bad. Normally, I would reserve this segment here to talk about the bad things that happened in this game. We're going to continue to talk a little bit more about the good. And the first thing here that we need to dive into past DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards and the shot selection is Trey freaking Mitchell. We have have continued to question and worry about what Trey Mitchell is going to do. And who knows? Maybe Trey Mitchell, whenever the season actually starts, statistically, he drops off a cliff and he is awful. Who knows? I've got no idea. Let me tell you what he's been through two exhibition games in a global jam. Phenomenal. He has been excellent. He finished, get this. So some of you may out there may not know what plus minus is in, in, a, in, a, uh, in, a, in a box score. It's just kind of an indication as to how you played outside of just like your shooting and your rebounding, although obviously that factors into it. It factors in your defense factors in um, whether or not you do things on the defensive end well, like create steals, or if you leave people open or things like that, if you get uh, beat uh, uh, on on either end of the floor, I should say, if you turn the ball over, things like that. He had a plus-minus of plus 51. That is, (laughs) I, I understand that this is a blowout. That is still very difficult to do. The next closest player in this game was Antonio Reeves with a plus-minus of plus 41, which even that in and of itself is insane. Anything over like 25 or 30 is nuts. And there is one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, six players, seven players with a plus-minus of 25 or better in this game. <laughs> how do you how do you chop it up for uh, for Trey Mitchell other than just absolutely incredible what he did? Six of nine from the floor. Three of five from three, he had 15 points, he had 10 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, three steals, only two personal fouls in 28 minutes of action. Uh, look, you cannot expect this man to replicate this stat line against, like I said, the big boys in the in the non-con slate, UNC, Kansas, uh, Miami. You're not going to expect him to continue to do these things, but every other night, He's probably going to have a night like this. He's probably going to shoot well. He's going to get his from beyond the arc, especially if people don't read their scouting report and they don't step up on him whenever he's given some room on the pick and pop. He's apparently a pretty good three-point shooter. I mean, he's continued to prove this. So I have been thoroughly pleased with his statistical performance here through the the, the games in Canada, these two scrimmages, or the scrimmage and, the, and these two exhibition games. I, I think that offensively, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. If you can get your center to average four assists a game, which is still very much so possible, even against better competition, I mean, you, you should you should be in a pretty good spot. Now, again, as we've been concerned about, what does the defensive production look like against a player like Hunter Dickinson, against a player like Norchad O'Meara for Miami? against a player like Armando Baycott for North Carolina. We're just going to have to wait and see. But on paper, this guy is producing. He's producing at a very high rate, and I'm very pleased with what he has given us so far in this offseason. Cannot wait for the season to start on Monday, and I really, really, really do hope that we're not sitting here a couple weeks from now saying he's the weak spot in this lineup because I, I think that he has the potential to be the second or most valuable player on this team this upcoming season, especially with the things surrounding Ivasich and Bradshaw and Onyenzo, which we'll get to Ivasich later in the show. All right, the other thing I want to get to here, kind of the final thing that I want to talk about uh, overall, is the defensive performance um, from the from the Kentucky Wildcats. To go back to what I said at the beginning of the show, this was never in question. This one was not in doubt. Kentucky got out to a lead. They ran away with it. They dominated. This one was in control. 
But Kentucky's defense, I think, even then, was still more impressive than it was against Georgetown College. And let's be clear here, Kentucky's not going to have absolutely amazing or absolutely terrible defensive performances night in and night out. This is not going to be a roller coaster, I don't think statistically, but you look at the shooting numbers from Georgetown College. They were 19 of 64 from the floor. They shot 29.7% overall, 22.7% from the from outside the arc. It uh it was a uh, a really tough time for their entire roster. They only had 13 turnovers, but they just simply could not get anything to fall. They also were controlled uh, pretty heavily in the in the rebounding margin. There were a few offensive rebounds there late that allowed them to tie Kentucky in offensive rebounds at eight apiece. But this was a a much better defensive performance, I think, uh, whenever you talk about the communication and then the execution from Kentucky in their defensive backcourt, I think, is, uh, is a place you have to look at here with players like DJ Wagner and Antonio Reeves, I think, stepping up and playing a lot better. Like I said, Trey Mitchell had three steals in this game. Jordan Burks had three steals in this game. Wagner had two. Adu and Justin Edwards had one apiece. Uh, so there was there was there were some impressive individual defensive performances, and then also as a whole, that's what I want to focus on here: team defense, communication, chemistry. You're starting to see it come together. Kentucky is not going to be perfect by any means, but this was a step in the right direction. Even against a bad opponent, this was a step in the right direction. Absolutely. So. Those are the big-time good things here. The bad stuff. Uh, you didn't shoot very well from the foul line. <laughs> I, I mean, that literally may be the only thing here that we have to discuss uh, uh, is the fact that Kentucky only shot 71% um, from the charity stripe. They made all their free throws in the first half. They were 8 of 14 from the from the, from the the foul line in the in the second half. Uh, yeah, not, not a whole lot else to say here uh, for Kentucky other than that they dominated an opponent that they should have and things went well, and I'm excited for the season opener here in just a few days. Even if that means that we're not going to be playing with a seven-footer in our lineup, and that's where I want to direct my focus here to wrap up the show. Zvonimir Ivasich, an interesting tweet before the game started about what Coach Cal had to say about Big Z. Before we dive into that, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. That is FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. All right, so we've got something to discuss here about Zvonimir Ivasic, a tweet from Ben Roberts, uh, at Ben Roberts HL on Twitter. He said, Zvonimir Ivasic is not at Rupp Arena for tonight's game due to illness. According to Kentucky, Calipari said on the pregame radio show that Big Z would participate in the layup line tonight. He was at the team shoot-around earlier today, I'm told, but he won't be here for the game. There is a reply to this tweet uh, that I feel is pretty fitting for the current status of Zvonimir Ivasic and the whole situa- situation surrounding him. Uh, Terry Jones said, feels like we're being gaslit a little bit. Yeah, 
It really does. And somebody else said, and, and it might have been Matt Jones. I don't know who said it, um, but I'm pretty sure somebody said, it's like, we're this this close from uh, Coach Cal going back to the, uh, oh, I haven't seen him mode, where he just completely ignores anything to do with any player status that is not of, uh, that is not uh, signaled available uh, for the upcoming game or whatever event. So this is, um, yeah, this is just a little frustrating uh, that we can't really get a whole lot of clarity on what's going on with Big Z and his NCAA uh, status. I've been told by a couple of different people that there's optimism that this will be resolved soon and that he will be uh, uh, deemed eligible. But we continue to just kind of let the days go by. And this is what happens whenever he committed. This is what happened whenever he committed. You just never got around to actually approving him. And I'm fearful that this is going to get to a point where the NCAA is just like, nope, you got him cleared too late to come play. He's not eligible for this season, but he can be for next year if he's still here. Uh, but I, I just, it, this, this may end up getting to that point. I really hope it doesn't. I really hope tomorrow we hear something about how he's been approved and I can hop on this show and I can be excited about that. But as it stands right now, for Cal to say on the pregame radio show, hey, he's going to be here. He was at, pra- uh, t- t- that we know that he was at practice at shoot around earlier today. Um, he, if he is genuinely sick, hope he gets better, better soon. I hope he gets approved soon as well. Um, but again, just the, to kind of divulge into, to dive into this just kind of like mush of uncertainty surrounding him where there's not a lot being said. You don't really know what's true. You don't really know what's not, except for the fact that there's hope and optimism. Um, even though, you know, logic tells you, Hey, there's a good chance that this doesn't work out. There's a good chance that this falls through. Um, this is just kind of a waiting game. I can't tell you anything definitively here as somebody who has talked to a couple different people about this situation. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, quite frankly, I don't think a lot of people close to that program have a great idea of what's going on right now. Uh, is it a waiting game? Probably. We're just going to have to wait and see if he does get approved. How quickly is he going to be available to play like and, and contribute legitimately? Who knows as well. We'll just have to wait and see. If you can get Zvonimir or Aaron Bradshaw back for the Kansas game, which is on the 14th, that would be so great. I mean, that would be really, really good. But again, we got to wait. We got to wait. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.